0: Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
2: Hour number two to get right. We're Reggie KG on 105. Three of the fan, Wee. Kevin Gray, with a three-time Hall of Famer, Chris Arnold. Got you down. My man Justin Honoré holding it down for you here on this Wednesday night edition on 105.3, the fan, appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey athlete. The truck rate.com, text line 877-881-1053. How the Cowboys are able to focus on their needs over their must-haves. What this journalist had to say about that conversation we'll get into here on your home of the Cowboys and Texas Rangers. As we, Chris Arnold, are less than 24 hours away from opening day 2023. For your Texas Rangers, you will want to tune in tomorrow beginning at 10 a.m. right here on 105 through the fan with the KNC Masterpiece, where they will be live in center field at Globe Life Field tomorrow, getting you ready and set for your Texas Rangers and the debut of one Jacob deGrom tomorrow, which should be a packed house at Globe Life Field. Much anticipated season, one of the more anticipated seasons In recent memory for your Texas Rangers, coming up here in about 18 minutes, Mike Pellucci of D Magazine going to be joining us talking a little Rangers baseball and his new featured piece on DFW native son, uh, Clayton Kershaw. Uh, We're going to be talking with him here in about 18 minutes about that. But obviously, it's all about the Rangers and going to be so starting tomorrow at 840. Some of the biggest unknowns for this team for Texas going into this upcoming season. We'll talk about that in about 37 minutes here Mm -hmm. on the get right. Uh, Right now, though, in Philadelphia, where your Dallas Mavericks are taking on the Philadelphia 76ers, it is halftime. Your Mavericks up 62-57 at the half. Kyrie Irving, 15 points. Luka Doncic, 10 points at the end of the first half. Both of them going a combined 9 of 19 from the field. Mavericks shooting nearly 40% from 3 in the first half. Also shooting... Uh, nearly 48% from the field in the first half with those 62 points. But Kyrie and Luka leading the way for the Mavericks. Meanwhile, Joel Embiid, MVP candidate, he's got 14 points. Tyrese Maxey, he's got 10 points to help pace the Sixers. Again, halftime right now, Mavericks up by five, 62-57. Mavericks trying to continue uh, their modest win streak by getting another win to keep up. Uh, and try to get themselves into the play-in situation at the end of the season.
0: One of the reasons the Mavericks are up is that James Harden is struggling. He's got eight points, but he's two out of seven from the field. Just keep an eye on that situation. Uh, By the way, Reggie Bullock is one out of six from the field right now.
2: Meanwhile, the Mavericks are playing well on the road, which they need to. They're Mm -hmm. playing up to their competition so far in this game. Second half about to be underway in Philly between the Mavericks and the Sixers.
0: Once again, the scenario you're looking for for your Maverick fans saying how can we make this play in or make the playoffs, move up the standings? They've got to go at least four and two these last six games. Four and two, Have Oklahoma City go four and three in their last seven. Or have the La- I'm sorry, have Oklahoma City go three and three in their last six games. Or have the Lakers go four and three. Mavericks go four and two, Lakers go four and three, they're good to go. Mavericks go four and, and, and two, and Oklahoma City goes three and three. They're good. Oklahoma City goes four and two. They're in trouble because they can't have the same exact record because the Oklahoma City Thunder have the head to head tiebreaker over the Mavericks this year. The Lakers do not have a tiebreaker over the Mavericks. The Mavericks own them this year.
2: And of course, the Mavericks needing to pass the Oklahoma City Thunder in order to make it to the yep. play in because the Thunder
0: four and two versus three and three
2: owns the tiebreaker against them this year. Let's talk a little Cowboys right here Uh on your home of the Dallas Cowboys. Love this piece today from ESPN's Taracha. Taracha. The Cowboys have flexibility to focus on needs over must-haves in this year's NFL draft. If Chris Arnold is running the Cowboys draft room this year, Chris Arnold, what's your number one need you want to see this team address knowing what they have done so far in this offseason? What's number one on your priority list?
0: A TCU tackle. Oh, Mr.
2: Avila, huh? Uh-huh. Mm, okay. You've
0: got to have more depth in the offensive line. This uh, lion sees poker playing, talking about where's Tyron going to play or, or what are they going to do with uh, Terrence Steele? They don't they don't know yet because Terrence Steele may not be ready till October. I mean, they hope he'll be ready, but will he be Terrence Steele? And they quote-unquote, called him a swing tackle. We know damn well he's not a swing tackle. He is a right tackle. He couldn't swing two years ago. We know this. They got a new offensive line coaching staff. I mean, and Tyron is Tyron, don't get me wrong. And you can start him over there at at, at right tackle, but here's the deal. You know he's not going to play 17 games, no matter where you line him up. So you need depth on the offensive line. That's why I'm looking down at, TCU and Fort Worth. And I'm like, there's part of your solution right there.
2: And if you missed it today, make sure you hit the rewind button on the Odyssey app or go to 105 through the fan on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Bobby Belt, along with Sean and RJ today, had Kendra Miller and Quentin Johnston on the show. Of course, two TCU products. That's right. Part of the national championship team uh, that made it to the national title game this past college football season against Georgia both of them talking today about the possibilities of being Dallas Cowboys. Kendra Miller could be one of those running backs that you can you see know. being a part of the Dallas Cowboys. And yes, nine four zero 0 talking about Stephen Avila uh, playing guard for this team as well, where they could use some help when it comes to their particular interior line. And Avila could help there as well. When you start looking, of course, at some of the latest mock right. drafts.
0: Yeah, I'm just talking about offensive yeah. line, period. Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. all I'm talking about. we got to have depth. Not even about tackles. I'm just talking. When I was bringing up the tackles, I was talking about them playing poker. I mean, this is the Lions season. And everybody's trying to analyze every little word Jerry, Stephen, Will McClay, and, you know, uh, Mike McCarthy says. And I'm like, they don't know yet. Or if they do know, they're not going to tell you.
2: Mm -hmm. But things have opened up for the Cowboys when it comes to their ability to address the needs Mm -hmm. versus their must-haves. Of course, Daniel Jeremiah in his latest mock draft, having Mozzie Smith, the defensive tackle from Michigan mocked at twenty six in his latest mock draft. Now that's interesting though because the Cowboys now have made a move to secure yep. the interior of their defensive line Ankins. to where you can possibly move off of having to take an interior lineman at number twenty six, whether they be looking at a tight end, Michael Mayer,
1: mm-hmm. tight
2: end of course out of Notre Dame,
0: or Dalton T- Somebody mock drafted him today. Michael Mayer? Yeah, they were to the Cowboys. Uh Sean, RJ, and Bobby were talking about it, and Bobby started laughing. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, here's the thing about Mayer, right? He's tight end, but, you know, they even read this little book report.
2: He puts you in the mind, you know, of the six- to eight-yard Jason Witten type of route yeah, runner.
0: Exactly. That's he, why Bobby was laughing.
2: Yeah, he's not going to threaten you no. down the field in any kind of way. Dalton Kincaid is a guy that can push the ball down the field, up the scenes, and be able to be a lot mm-hmm. more athletic. Yeah. You know, on you know That's as a pass we catcher.
0: We just want some yards after catch. Not, yeah. Not you know a cloud of smoke and fall on your face.
2: Because I don't think a lot of people are wanting to see another as good as Jason Witten was, as good as Dalton Schultz was. Want to see a little more athleticism yeah. at the tight end position to be able to threaten teams in more dynamic ways. But this is what we're talking about here your ability to be flexible now. Mm-hmm. And with the moves that you've made, you can look at linebacker. You can look at wide receiver. You can look at tight end interior offensive line to get the most value for your buck. Because the way I tend to look at it in terms of this year's class, especially for tight ends, you could find yourself a pretty good tight end a little bit deeper into the draft versus having to use a first round resource to be able to do that. And if you're the Cowboys, you're looking at improving the interior of your offensive line, which I think to me is the number one priority based on what you've been able to fill, whether it be linebacker as well, if you feel like you want to bolster your linebacker room, or even find another wide receiver after Jalen Tolbert was a disappointment in his rookie year if you want to help fill some of that depth behind CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Cooks, and Michael Gallup, a developmental wide receiver as your number four, because you can't I thought the
0: rookie from last draft was the... Um, my bad.
2: I, yeah, well, I said it. Well, look, I, I think the Cowboys are hoping, and it's a big hope, that Jalen Tolbert bounces back during his second year versus what he was not able to do, which is much of anything, during his rookie year. To are be you trying that, to big
0: Sean this thing? You're trying to say he took the L last season and now he bounced back and now it bounced back. I mean, he, he has
2: back. to because that was a major, major uh-huh. disappointment for the Dallas Cowboys, because what did we hear all offseason after he was drafted? This is a guy that could come in and be ready to play by the time Uh, you get to week one after you moved on from Mari Cooper. That simply did not happen.
0: Not only did it not happen, the only thing he's known for for this past season is lining up in the neutral zone in Green Bay and costing you the game. That's all he's known for from last season and not being ready, or as they like to say real hard, he wasn't prepared. He might have been prepared, but he wasn't ready.
2: And the Cowboys have no must-haves now. When it and comes I
0: blame to, the Cowboys, not him.
2: Yeah, uh, to this draft. Resigning Tony Pollard, Donovan Wilson, Leighton Vanderish mm-hmm. You even made sure that your uh, backup quarterback was secure and bringing back Cooper Rush going into this upcoming mm-hmm. year.
0: I give him credit for that because in all seriousness, a lot of people thought he was going to wind up with the Chargers and Kellen Moore. It was like it's almost automatic, and they got that deal done. Well, a lot of In people, fact, like, John Mashota mis- was saying it on our show.
2: Yeah, and a lot of people, including myself, thought he might have priced himself out of Dallas because of yes, the way that he played. Because he was last so solid. Mm-hmm, but- yeah,
0: and again, it's not just us, too. John Mashota, who covers the Cowboys with their last. He was on this show, on the Get Right, telling us that. I went, You know, I think you're onto something.
2: Will McClay, the vice president of player personnel, saying, Look, you try to fill and fill the holes, that's the idea of it to try to be pure when you go into the draft. And I think that's a word that you're going to hear a lot between now and April 27th is the word pure because that is the way that the Cowboys draft board can look based on the way that they have handled themselves in free agency. And if you're any team at this point of the year, you are feeling really good about what your team and the Cowboys Mm -hmm. did by plugging in and filling holes with smart signings and moves that allows you to feel much better and more comfortable about your draft prospects. And that way you can have a little, have a little more fun when it comes to your yeah. roster building, because I heard somewhere that roster building is a sport. That's what they say. And now a lot of people can have fun with their roster building and what that could look like for them. There's I have a, to
0: give them credit again. They surgically did this right. I mean, they didn't just make splash plays. They didn't just sign or, or make trades just to say, Oh, we got a big name. Every move they made, which surprised everybody in March was like, Thoughtful. It's like, wait a minute, this makes sense. It wasn't like, yeah, we knew they were going to get this, or, well, he was out there, so they had. It's like, no, wait a minute, they got Brandon Cooks. Oh, wait a minute, they got Stephon Gilmore? How the hell did they get? Just go down the list. And they were able to sign the most of the guys that they wanted to sign. And they, I have to give them the credit for this, too. You, People want to scoff and say certain things. I thought they surgically released Zeke the right way, too. And I, I'm serious about that. I thought they were going to make a deal with him. He's going to take the minimum and they keep him around. He still might be back. Yeah, I know he still might. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's gone for sure. But in all seriousness, they left it open where, okay, we're going to cut him open. We're going to cut him now. It's kind of like what they did with DeMarcus Ware. Do you, I don't know if you remember what happened with DeMarcus Ware. Let me, yeah. This is what happened. For those who don't know, when DeMarcus Ware left the Cowboys, this is how it happened. He kept having all these injuries these nagging injuries that did not make him DeMarcus Ware his last couple of years with the team. It's kind of like, you can call it Tyron. You can even say it's like Zeke this past couple of years because Zeke's been fighting through some injuries. Zeke had all these miles on him. DeMarcus Ware had all these miles on him. He wasn't going to be an every-down guy like Tyron's not a, can't give you 17 games. So you know what the Cowboys did? They said, you know what? We don't want to embarrass him and make him a low offer. What we will do is DeMarcus... We're going to let you go ahead and be a free agent. And whatever you get out there, we'll match it. They're thinking, ain't nobody going to pay him the crazy (laughs) money that we've been paying him. Because he ain't got it no more. Because he's hurt all the time. He may want to, but his shoulders won't let him. How come the Denver Broncos gave him the exact same salary the Cowboys had been paying him? And Jerry and Steven said, gulp, we didn't think you were going to get the exact same money. And it was no hard feelings. He went and and played spot downs. He didn't play every single down. And then even his last part of the year, he was hurt. But he was healthy for the playoffs and helped them win the Super Bowl. And more importantly, he was a mentor for Von Miller. Von Miller, yeah. That was the number one reason the Broncos said, we're going to give you this extra money. Because not only are you a beast, but you're a hell of a guy. And Von Miller's got all the right traits. He just needs somebody to look up to. And it was worth it. So – these intangibles I'm talking about to look up to, everybody in that locker room knows Zeke's a great guy. So it's possible that you could bring him back. But at the same time, they treated him properly by saying, you know what, we're not even going to embarrass you and, and give you a low ball offer. We're just we're going to let you go ahead and see if you can find something. He hadn't found anything yet.
2: Last thing I'll say on this, and the reason why it's so important that the Cowboys have done what they've done, because now they can go into a position in the draft where if a certain you know, Oklahoma wide receiver – you know, fell the way that it, it did back in two thousand twenty. C D when CeeDee Lamb fell to them at seventeen. Cedarius. Guess what you're in position to do now? You could take mm-hmm. the best player available mm-hmm. regardless of position. Cowboys have done a good job so far with their offseason and what they've been able to do. So to get right we're Reggie KG on one oh five through the fan. Coming up next here, we're gonna talk a little Rangers baseball. Mike Pellucci of D Magazine Woo. gonna join us His latest piece on the DFW native son Clayton Kershaw and his thoughts on what the Rangers are going to do this season. Do it next on 105 Through the Fan. Back here on the Get Right, Revenge of KG on 105 Through the Fan, Kevin Gray with the three-time Hall of Famer Chris Arnold. Got you down. My man, Justin Honoré, holding it down for you here on your Turn It On, Leave It On station as we continue to keep you caught up on what's going on in Philadelphia right now. It's getting tight in Philly. The Philadelphia 76ers holding on to a one-point lead right now, 74-73 over The Dallas Mavericks, as the Mavericks are desperately trying to get a win on the road to keep their slim play-in chances alive in the Western Conference. Uh, We will have a little bit more on the Mavericks a little bit later on once things are over with. Coming up here in about uh, 17 minutes, we'll talk a little Rangers baseball with the biggest unknown of the Rangers season heading into opening day tomorrow on your home of the Rangers, 105.3 The Fan. But right now, though... We go to the Diamond Factory Hotline, where we welcome in sports editor for D Magazine, also co-host on the 77 Minutes in Heaven podcast, at Mike Likes Sports, my man Mike Pellucci joining us here hey, on hey. the Diamond Factory Hotline. Mike, what's going
1: on? Hey, Mike. Gentlemen, how you doing tonight?
2: Doing well. Appreciate you taking some time with us here on the Get Right. The piece is called Faith, Family, and Fastballs, Clayton Kershaw. Obviously back with the Los Angeles Dodgers, but of course a DFW native son. Mm -hmm. First of all, before we get into the piece itself, tell me how this came about and what was the impetus for wanting to profile Kershaw in this way as he is continuing his career at this point.
1: I think if you do this sort of thing for a living, there's always, you get a few cracks at guys like that and you always want them. You never know when you're going to get them. You know, I, I remember I did... Uh, for Sports Illustrated, the big story on you, Darvish right after the World Series when the Dodgers lost the Astros, and that was one where it's like, oh man, this is this is a big one, right? And Clayton Kershaw, not a guy who does a lot of press, so it's one of those deals where you feel like if you ever get a, a chance to do it, you got to do it. And uh, truth be told, it was really a matter where they reached out to me and they uh, they were interested in doing something with us. And at that point, it was yeah, absolutely. And then you kind of go into it and you're sort of thinking, okay, you know, all you want to do is just kind of tell an honest story about who he is at this point in his life, and. Uh, who is Clayton Kershaw 35. Well, he's a guy who does not have to be doing this for a living anymore. He is a guy who has accomplished everything you could possibly want to accomplish. So why is he still going? And how much longer is he still going? And might he end up pitching here someday? And a lot of that is tied in not just with his story, but also with his wife, Ellen, who they met at Highland Park High School. They've been together since they were freshmen in high school. Mm -hmm. And to really understand one, you've got to understand both. So it's really a family story. But if you read it, you'll get a lot of, a lot of baseball in there too, because he's he's a pretty honest dude. He talked pretty frankly about where he's at and what he might be doing, you know, before the career is done.
0: So, what were some of the things he was saying about why he's still playing?
1: You know, it's it's still as corny as it sounds. Like I think the guy just really enjoys being out there in a team yeah. capacity, and I think he also this was unsaid, but. You know, he went through a whole criteria about what it takes for him to keep pitching because his his deal now is he's going to sign one-year deals from here on out, and that is it. He's going to go one year at a time, and he's only going to pitch for one of two teams. It's either the Dodgers or it's the Rangers. But to even decide what he's going to do, there's a whole checklist, and one of those things of the checklist is he still has to be pitching well. Like, he flat out said, if I'm pitching average, I'm not pitching. So this mm-hmm. is not a dude who finds fulfillment only in the game, even though you know, he's fulfilled by it. I think he just, you know, there's an element of if you're extra special at something and, you know, fellas, I think we're all very good at what we do. I don't know if any of us are Clayton Kershaw good at what we do. (laughs) Uh, So I imagine if you're, if you're that good at that special at something, why wouldn't you want to keep going out there and pushing yourself if you still have it? Right. So that's, that's probably an element of this too.
2: And obviously for Kershaw, he's going to be a first ballot hall of famer. Is that something that he truly desires that, to either finish his career as a Texas Ranger or at the same time be a pitcher that he knows when it's time to walk away from the game and feel good about what he did in the game still relative to what he wants to do post his baseball career.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, it's, it's really one of those two teams that he's flat out said it, you know, and if you're him, you can't lose either way. If you, you know, he's Mr. Dodger, right? So Mm -hmm. imagine if you retire as a one club guy For an iconic franchise like that, you are maybe the best player, probably the best player to ever suit up for them. Or a big part of the story, you know, you said the title, right? Family. He's a family guy. You know, he's got four kids. His youngest Mm -hmm. just was born this past year. Uh, This is the sort of dude who in, you know, in spring training last month, he flew home for a night, just to take his daughter to a daddy-daughter dance, and flew right back. You know, this is this is this is not the sort of dude who's going to be in a Tom Brady situation where it's like I don't care what my family thinks, I don't care what the impact of that is, I'm going to keep playing forever. So for him, it's very hard to spend all of this time in LA and not see his wife and his kids as much as he'd like. And so that's that's the big motivating factor, you know, the fact that he could be home, he could be around his family, and also you know this goes back to the criteria of why would he keep going he wants to win you know he flat out said look if chris young wasn't turning this ship around he didn't see the optimism that this thing is getting better he wouldn't even be considering the rangers so the fact that you know whatever all of us think about how this rebuild is going and you know them trending the right direction they've got the eye of you know maybe the best pitcher of the last 50 years because that that's the seal of approval that he's even thinking okay i could Mm -hmm. go there because i see this going in the right direction
2: the sports editor for D Magazine, Mike palucci joining us on the Diamond Factory Hotline here on the Get Right on 105 through The Fan.
0: Mike, this is what's wild. First of all, people down here just absolutely love the guy. He's a, a sports-beloved figure here because he spends so much time at home. You know, as you mentioned, Highland Park, when they won the World Series, the Dodgers won the World Series, it was at the Rangers' ballpark, Globe Life Field. Mm-hmm. And he has been tied at the hip. You mentioned his wife, been knowing her since she was, they were kids in high school at Highland Park. He's also tied at the hip with one of his closest friends friends in sports, Matthew Stafford, the quarterback for Highland Park, who went on to Georgia, then he went on to Detroit, and then he goes to the Rams, goes out to L. A. where Kershaw works, and he wins, you know, a Super Bowl. So it's like they, at one point, both of those guys were the highest-paid athletes in their sport at the same time in the same year. Then they both win the ultimate championships in the same city, but they grew up in another city. What do you have to say about Stafford? I know he'd have something to say about it.
1: We only talk so much about him. You know, my understanding is actually, you know, they are not necessarily as close in adulthood as I think people want to believe they are. And that's, Mm -hmm. there's no reason, you know, there's no bad reason for that. It's really just, they were really close growing up when Clayton was also playing football. And then once Clayton got to high school and just really focused on baseball they just ran into different crowds, and so he's still tight with a lot of guys from Helen Park. You know, Stafford isn't necessarily in. You know, there's you'll see in the piece he's got a group text with nine different dudes, and they're so tight they have the Find My Friend app on each other's iPhones. So they see where <laughs> the other ones are in the country, right? Yeah. Well, Sta- Stafford's not one of those nine. And okay. That doesn't mean it doesn't mean there's not love there, but right. not necessarily as close as I think we all. You know, we I, we as a city, I think, have taken that and run with it because it's so intoxicating, right? Like, mm-hmm. what are the odds of everything that happened, as you just beautifully laid it out, coming from the same high school, you know, in Dallas, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of how tight they actually are, you know, I know they're they, – I think they text, I think they're a touch. But I don't think it's something to where they're necessarily as close as I think the narrative necessarily makes it out to be. Right. Well, Mike,
2: let's turn our attention to what's going to be taking place tomorrow at Globe Life Field, one of the more anticipated seasons – For the Rangers in recent memory, that is because Jacob deGrom, the $185 million man, is going to be taking the mound for the very first time officially as a Texas Ranger. As someone who understands the fabric of this market and these teams, whether it be the Stars or the Cowboys or the Mavericks, the Rangers in particular, and what this moment means for this franchise based on what you know and how you've covered this team.
1: I think there has to be real progress this year. I don't think it has to be the year. But, you know, I remember writing to being in the last season uh, a lot, and it was really interesting seeing the fan base's reaction over the course of the year. My my thought process was, look, compared to what it was two years ago, last year, whatever you get, that's real progress, right? You bring in Corey Seager. You bring in Marcus Sabian. You see the growth of a guy like Nathaniel Lowe. Compared to two years ago, it was just – it was a rough year to get through, right? Mm -hmm. So this past year, I'm thinking, hey, this is growth. This is progress, even if it's not necessarily the win column. Fan base didn't feel that way, at least from what I saw. You know, I, I saw a lot of frustration, and I saw a lot of people who are ready to win. And I think that's, in no small part, not just because they've been losing, but because Ray Davis has sent a message with his, with his spending. He sent a message with dismissing John Daniels that hey, that the time for waiting is over. This we're ready to move this, you know, the show on the road. Mm-hmm. So the, I don't think they have to be a World Series team. They're not anywhere close to that yet. But I think the goal reasonably should be hey, just be in a playoff race through the season, you know, be in that wild card, wild card hunt of nothing else, because Hey, that AOS division is rough, right? The Astros are the Astros. Seattle has an incredible rotation. They might have Dominican, Mike Trout and Julio Rodriguez. It's going to be tough to win that division, but if they're in a wild card race, and I think that's absolutely doable, especially if they make a move for say an outfielder at the trade deadline, that's a good, that's a good step. You know, Jamie Newberg, the, you know, who's incomparable writing about the Rangers. Yes, sir. He writes for us over at, he he writes for us over at D and his piece that he's going to have coming up tomorrow he compares this season to 2009. You know, 2009 was the year when they Mm -hmm. didn't get to the postseason, but that was the year when you knew this thing is going the right direction. And what happens the next two years? Those are the World Series years. So I think if we're seeing a season where there's progress, where, you know, Corey Seager plays like the player I think everybody expects him to play like, and I'm I'm very confident Seeger's going to have a great year with the elimination of the shift. If this rotation, I don't think there's a question of skill. There's obviously every question about health, but if you get... I don't know, 20 starts from Jacob deGrom? No, 22 maybe? Mm-hmm. Those are going to be incredible starts, right? So if, if you're getting that progress to where they're winning 68 games last year, what if, what if they're a little above 500 this year? I mean, I would take that one improvement given what we've seen for the last two years, right?
0: Of course. In fact, I, I don't want to hold you to this. Can you, get, can you give Ranger fans a soft over number of wins that would be realistic on this point? Is some of the high 70s, low 80s?
1: I feel like they can push low 80. If they, again, I, I think you yeah. know, this trade system, this farm system is deeper than it is top heavy, mm-hmm. which is good for them come trade deadline time because they've got the ammo to make a move. And, if you're looking at where that would be, I think the outfield is clearly the spot. You know, they're going to have one of the best infields in of baseball. If this rotation is healthy enough, they're going to have one of the better rotations in the American League. Which, I mean, fellas, how often do we say that about the Texas Rangers, right? So, <laughs>
0: Never.
1: <laughs> right? Yeah. And and the bullpen. I don't know what this bullpen is, but I know there's a lot of talent in that bullpen. I, it, it's going to be volatile in the early going because I think after Brock Burke, I don't know if you trust any of these guys out of the gate yet, but there are three or four other arms where you look and you say, man, if this comes together, that's a late-inning weapon. Uh, But the outfields, you know, it's Adoles Garcia, and it's a lot of question marks. So, to me, if they make a move in addition to what they already have, yeah, I think this could be a team that puts together low 80s wins. I really think that is possible with this talent here.
2: What excites you most about this group, Mike, going into this year? They've got a young third baseman and Josh Young, no pun intended, Uh, but obviously a (laughs) top six in the lineup with the likes of, Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon and mm-hmm. what this lineup presents. What excites excites you most aside from, obviously, Jacob DeGrom and what he potentially will be doing for this rotation?
1: Yeah, it's hard not to focus a bit on DeGrom, right? Because, I mean, this is a guy who, by rights, uh, he he's probably the best pitcher they've ever employed as a franchise. And that's no small thing when Nolan Ryan pitched here and you Darvish pitched here, but he's that special when he's pitching. Now, when he's pitching, he's doing a whole lot of heavy lifting. Um, mm-hmm. But after him, you know, I really – if you look at the stuff under the hood with Seeger last year, Seeger should have had a much better year than he did for stuff that was out of his control. No hitter lost more balls to the shift than Corey Seeger. And beyond that, if you look at some of the advanced metrics, you know not to get all stat heavy on you, but uh, you know xwoba is a big popular one for basically what it, what should he have done with the amount of contact he was making and the pitches he was hitting. He had essentially a top ten season. What should have happened? He didn't get the luck, and he didn't get the benefit of a lot of balls that now will go his way without the shift. I think he's going to have a huge year, and that to me is exciting because there are a lot of good hitters on this team, but you need that alpha dog, that top dog line, right? You need that special hitter, and they're paying Corey Seager to be that guy. Corey Seager didn't have a bad year by any stretch of imagination last year, but that didn't look like Los Angeles Corey Seager, and I think we're getting L.A. Corey Seager this year.
0: Yes, he started slow last year, and I'm going to tell you something. This guy was the MVP of the World Series. Come on, man. We got something for him.
2: You can find he knows how to hit,
1: No, go ahead. He knows how to hit Globe Life Fields, right? I mean, yes. The World <laughs> they gave him the same locker.
2: It's going to be a lot of fun watching this Rangers lineup get after it this upcoming season. You can find him on Twitter at MikeLikeSports. He is the sports editor for D Magazine, the piece is called Faith, Family, and Fastballs, a featured piece in D Magazine with Clayton Kershaw, DFW native son. Mike Pellucci, good enough to join us here Mike. on the Get Right. Mike, thank you so yeah, much for the time. Buddy. We'll have to get you on next time and talk a little Mavericks basketball, hopefully uh, when they're in the playoffs.
1: Well, you know, I, it's and, easy. And I, I don't hold me to that. You can't just say if they're in the playoffs, that's why I'm coming back because I might not be back for
2: a minute so. <laughs> to say appreciate the time, Mike Good stuff, man.
1: Thank you guys. Appreciate it.
2: Mm-hmm. There it goes. Mike Pellucci sports editor for D magazine. Good enough to join us here on the get right coming up next here on the get right here on one Oh five through the fan. We stick with the Rangers conversation. What's the biggest unknown for this Rangers ball club. And I got to get your opening day primer for Major League Baseball 2023. We do that next on 105.3 The Fan. Cannot wait for opening day tomorrow for Woo! your Texas Rangers here on 105.3 The Fan. It's to get right Reggie KG here on your home of the Cowboys and Texas Rangers. Kevin Gray with the three-time Hall of Famer, Chris Arnold. Got you down. Justin Honoré right? holding it down for here. Really appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app. The truckright.com text line 877-881-1053. 877-881-1053 if you want to get in. On the conversation, really appreciate the sports editor for D Magazine, Mike Pellucci, for joining us last segment via the Diamond Factory hotline. Check out his latest piece in D Magazine, Faith Family Fastballs, a profile on Clayton Kershaw, World Series champion for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, We also talked plenty of Rangers baseball, which we'll do here in just a moment ahead of opening day 2023 for your Texas Rangers and Jacob DeGrom taking the mound tomorrow against Aaron Nola of the Philadelphia Phillies at Kevin Gray Sports at Mr. Chris Arnold on Twitter. The Dallas Mavericks right now playing a really good one Mm -hmm. in Philadelphia. 99-95 are the Mavericks up by four on Philadelphia. Tim Hardaway Jr., 8 of 13 from the field, 5 of 9 from downtown with 21 points. He has been terrific for the Mavericks tonight who desperately need a win on the road in the midst of their five-game road trip.
0: Kyrie Irving also has 21 points. He's three out of five on threes. Uh, uh, Luka Doncic's got 19 points. He is also three out of eight from three. And the Mavericks are just, I'm telling you, they're playing very, very well against the Philadelphia 76ers, the same team they beat about three weeks ago here in Dallas. They're on the road right now. They need this win just again. The Mavericks need to win four of their last six games to have a prayer to do what they need to do. they got to win those four out of six while Oklahoma City goes three for three or the Lakers go four and three. Either those situations occur and the Mavericks win those four and two uh, in the last six. They wind up 41 and 41, and they should be in good shape in the play-in or the playoffs.
2: Mavericks playing with a much greater sense of urgency tonight. Mm-hmm. The activity has been much better for this team. they are shooting the ball well from
0: three. Luke is in a good mood, too. You can yeah, just see his body smiling. language, everything. Mm-hmm.
2: It's been a, a much better effort from the Mavericks tonight. So something that's very encouraging as we have watched this game continue to progress throughout the course of the night in Philadelphia. Oh,
0: people are keeping up with, uh, with the rookie, Jaden Hardy. He is uh, two out of four from three. He's got eight points.
2: Let's talk a little Rangers baseball, though, here on your home of the Rangers. 105 3 The Fan. Again, cannot understate the excitement of tomorrow as Jacob DeGrom will take the mound for the very first time officially as a Texas Ranger mm-hmm. as they welcome in the National League champion of Philadelphia Phillies and their newest star, Trey Turner, who was absolutely sensational in the World Baseball Classic, putting on a show with the home run ball for Team USA, ultimately Team USA falling to Team Japan and Shohei Otani in the World Baseball Classic. But, Chris Arnold, we were there for Rangers Fan Fest Mm -hmm. a little bit earlier, you know, this winter at Globe Life Field, and you can just feel for a lot of Rangers fans the energy, the anticipation, the excitement for this group, a lineup that's going to be really good, that can hit, but more importantly, a rotation that has a bona fide superstar at the top of the rotation with the $185 million man and two-time Cy Young Award winner and Jacob DeGrom.
0: Opening day is tomorrow. Over the last 10 years, do you, do you know the Rangers' record in opening day baseball? Last 10 years. Let me know. Two and eight. Yikes. And let me tell you something. The excitement, the buzz for this year's team is so up there. It's palpable. There's only two times that I've seen it like this. And I've been watching Rangers baseball, covering the Rangers since 1980. So I've seen a lot of Ranger baseball. The first year of Nolan Ryan. And then coming off of the first World Series. You follow me? It was in uh, 2011. Was it 2011? They went to the World Series 10 and 11? Or was it 11 and 12? I can't remember. All I can tell you is, coming off of the first World me. Series, it would have been a long day. Yes, it's been. It was. It was the going into the second World Series year. Everybody was excited because it's like this team maybe could do it again. Maybe nobody was assuming that they would, but there was a lot of excitement on opening day. And I'm looking at the same kind of excitement. It's been a minute, and again, the Rangers have had seven consecutive losing seasons. And everybody knows last year they had the bats. All they needed was the pitching. And see why. Props to him. Props to uh, Rangers ownership opening up the purse strings. And more importantly, I've said this for a couple of years now: when the pandemic uh, subsided and people were actually allowed to go back in the Globe Life Field, butts were in seats, twenty-seven thousand a game strong, which let the ownership know: you know what? They're watching a team that sucks. Twenty-seven thousand strong. We've got a roof that closes. This is the place to be, even if it's hot outside. We can make money if the team even competes. That's what they said. You know what? We can't lose on this thing. If it wins, we'll double the money. You know it's all about money with owners. Come on. They want to win, too, but if they don't have to, they don't want to. They're like, you know what? We might be able to double our investment. Because course, if they're winning, even more people show up. Yep.
2: 2010 and 2011, of course, for your Texas
0: Rangers. It was the April of 2011. And everybody's all excited about those Rangers. Last, it's been a little good. 12 years.
2: It's been—it's been a while. And one great unknown for each team heading into opening day. That's coming from MajorLeagueBaseball.com. For the Rangers, will Josh Young live up to the hype? We had a chance to talk with Josh Young.
0: I told you he's my—he's my, M- he's my uh, American League Rookie of the Year candidate. Texas Tech. We did talk to Josh Ooh. Young.
2: Bold prediction? Oh, I've been
0: saying that for the last couple of months. Okay, That's my bold prediction. I even called it a bold prediction. He's going to be the American League Rookie of the Year.
2: And, of course, the Third base.
0: He's got the protection at the – look, you got all the protection in the lineup. Watch him hit dinger after dinger after dinger. Yard. And he's going to get a gold – probably get a gold glove.
2: And, of course, he was the eighth overall pick in the 2019 Major League Baseball draft in the first round. Of course, made his debut in September. Memorable – Major League Baseball debut, of course, with the home run. Mm-hmm. Hit just 204 in those 26 games coming off a shoulder injury that delayed his season until August. But at the same time, you saw what he did in spring training a slash line of 321, 345, and 623 for the Texas Rangers.
0: The only thing that could slow him down is if Jared Sandler t bones his car again. Oh, I was supposed to say that wasn't. It? it was Jared Sandler in the parking lot that caused the car wreck. <laughs> Jared, I'm just kidding. We know it wasn't you. Or was it yet? <laughs> wow. See, I'm saying that because people hear stuff and they just believe it. I just threw that out there. They just believe what they want to believe. So I'm going to believe Jared had something to do with his, his uh, car wreck.
2: TriRed.com, text line 877 I'm going to
0: double down too when I see Jared.
2: 105 <laughs> 469. Keep hanging in there. Keep fighting. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep hanging in there. We're here for you here on 105 through the fan. But I'm excited. Me too. To see. Josh Young in this lineup. I've talked about it quite a bit. And obviously what this lineup is going to present. You got a Silver Slugger Award winner and mm-hmm. Nathaniel Lowe at first base. Adolis Garcia, exciting player as well. But Corey Seager. Right now. Yeah, Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon, the heart of Man. this lineup for this group is going to be Man. fun to watch. Underrated part. Mitch Garver coming back, going to be healthy yes. this year. Can hit DH if he wants to. Yeah, Jonah Heim as well. Mm -hmm. They've got a lot of guys that can hit. Mm -hmm. And Bruce Broci, of course, a three-time World Series champion, going to be a Hall of Famer once it's all said and done. The credibility that this Rangers club has and what Major League Baseball is hoping to see from this group is going to be fun to watch. And I think for Chris Young, and I've talked about this plenty, he's earned all the respect in my book because – Chris Young is a man of his word. Mm-hmm. He said, this offseason, we need to go get pitching. And damn it, he went and got pitching. Yes, he did. And did so. He backed it up. In the biggest way possible.
0: I remember when he got mad when he was doing the show with G-Bag. They were doing their regular GM interview with him. And he was like, yeah, I'm mad. because it the way they kind of fell apart at the end there? Sure. I like that fire. And by the way, uh, we had uh, Mike uh, Paglossi. Mike Paglossi. Uh-huh. Mike Pellucci from D-Bag. He was talking about Clayton Karshaw went to Highland Park. We brought up uh, Matthew Stafford Highland Park. Chris Young went to Highland Park as well. They all represent them. Scots.
2: Some things that you need to know going into the matchup tomorrow between your Texas Rangers and the Philadelphia Phillies. Aaron Nola going to be on the mound for Philadelphia. Jacob DeGrom, of course, on the mound for the Texas Rangers. Bryce Harper still hurt. Uh, I have to check, but
0: I think he's had some kind of offseason surgery. Uh,
2: yeah, Bryce, I think so. Um, Reese Hoskins also going to be out. Yeah. He's got a torn ACL. He's done for the year. Uh, talented first baseman for the Philadelphia Phillies, done for the year. Uh, but for Jacob Degrom, this is his twenty-first career appearance against the Phillies, but his first, of course, in a Rangers uniform. A new face, in a new place, or I should say, an old face in a new place. Oh, you got the, with, uh, with yeah, Harper, he yeah. had Tommy John. That's right. He had Tommy Unsure John surgery. That's on right yeah. Tommy John. He's going to return. That's right, that's right. So yeah, the Phillies dealing with some big injuries with Harper and Reese Hoskins, unfortunately, mm. as I mentioned, done for the year with a torn ACL, but for Trey Turner, the 11 year, $300 million man coming over from the Dodgers. Now a member of the national league champion, Philadelphia Phillies. He was fantastic in the World Baseball Classic with five home runs. A note that you need to know for tomorrow's game for your Texas Rangers, of course, with Jacob DeGrom being the opening pitcher for the season for the Rangers, the Rangers now, with Jacob DeGrom starting tomorrow, will have their 14th different opening day starting pitcher in the last 15
0: years. That's why they've only won two opening days in the last 10 years. You had all those different, come on now. It's like, you get to start and you get to start and you get to say you had an opening day start, like Oprah.
2: <laughs> uh, and this for the first time since 2009. The Phillies and the Rangers will face off on opening day and the excitement is all over the place. You know it's so crazy? What's that?
0: You got the Mavericks playing the 76ers right now. Uh-huh. You know the Cowboys and the Eagles can't stand each other. It's Philadelphia versus Dallas-Fort Worth. That's the bottom line.
2: Oh, look at that. Yeah, you got Philly versus the Rangers.
0: Philly. Yes, look Philly versus that. the Rangers. You got oh. the Sixers versus the Mavericks right now, the night before. You got the Cowboys and the Eagles on the regular. It's just like every time you look up, there's some Philadelphia going on around here. By the way, did you hear about the um, – the big mess that's going to happen this weekend.
2: Yeah, Taylor Swift got the nerve to sell out not one,
0: not two, not two,
2: but three, three damn shows at AT&T Stadium this
0: weekend. The same opening weekend for the Texas Rangers. Yeah, I'm praying for talk Arlington. about the biggest traffic jam of all time. Jerry Jones donate the helicopter. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, I mean that's about crazy. This, uh, this traffic, uh, Justin, when it comes to to
1: Arlington. Uh, a colleague of mine is actually working on a story for that. Tomorrow. Oh, is that right? Oh, really? Right. Okay. Where's the story going to be? Uh, Spectrum News.
0: That'll work. Okay. Okay. So so check this out. There was a, I can't remember, it was like four or five years ago because I had to go to both. The Cowboys played an afternoon game and that night the Rangers played a playoff game. And I went to both and I just walked from, because I parked and then I just walked from AT&T Stadium down to the Globe Life park at the time. Mm-hmm. And it was sensational. You had all the Rangers. And I'm like, I got to go to both. But at the same time, nobody was leaving the parking lots anyway. It's crazy. Oh,
2: boy. But you uh, talk
0: the, the about the Swifties. They're not used to this.
2: And don't forget. See, because
0: I will say this. Let me say this. Let me give you the difference of why it's going to be the worst traffic jam compared mm-hmm. to like a Rangers-Cowboy situation. Because there have been regular Rangers games and regular Cowboy games on the same day. It's happened. Usually those fans for those teams. They come in a certain time. You know, they they know uh, my parking lot's gonna be kind of full, or I'm gonna, there's a flow to it. These concert fans, come on now. They just show up when they want to show up. They're not used to nothing. <laughs> I need to be there at this time. I think I'm gonna show up just in time. No, I'm gonna show up. I don't wanna see the pre uh, the opening act. I mean, it could be crazy. That's what I'm saying. It's the X factor that we ain't counting on.
1: I think if one fan base that's going to actually show up on time, it's this one. But what about the
0: opening act? I hear you. They don't want to miss one note. But who's the opening act? Does anybody know? 877 811 Who's opening for Taylor Swift?
2: Uh, I don't know. But, yeah, you're right. The Swifties don't play. They don't play.
0: <laughs> they are, they're as rough as the beehive. There's
2: two I said there's two fan bases that don't play about theirs. That's the Beehive and the Swifties. That's right.
0: They don't and, play. And guess what? Kanye was mad that time when the Swifties won over Beyonce and the Beehive. Remember that? Hey, I'll I'm going to give you the I'm going to you finish. I'm going to let you finish. All right. All right. Got to put a ring on it.
2: <laughs> Coming up next on I the never Get Right. That,
0: the Swifties and the Beehive just went wild on social media.
2: I got three Cowboys draft day trades that will help you lose your mind, including this one for a certain Texas running back. Next, I want to fight through the fam.
1: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?